maybe you should just watch it again. Haters, get at me. I'm Aunt Kelly Anakin. And I'm Molly off Mitchell Sanchez. We're here to take birth control and talk about The Handmaid's Tale. Mm, and we're all out of birth control. Thanks, Trump. This is read all over your handy Handmaid's Tale recap. Blessed be the fruit. Woo. Woo. This is a spicy episode. Like, this is like what I always wanted the book to be. (laughs) Same. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wanted, I wanted some hotness and the book was pretty, um, the book was pretty dry. Non-consensual, Kelly. It was non-consensual. It was (laughs) non-consensual. I knew there was a reason I wasn't getting more lubed up. (laughs) So we're discussing uh, Handmaid's Tale, episode five. Oh, can I do a quick uh, back in time comment about last episode? Yes. Okay. So I learned this by rewatching it with my man keeper. The music that they play at the end of that episode, you know, we remarked, I think that it sounds like every mo- indie movie yeah. soundtrack. He told me something really interesting about it. It's called a that that ref- I don't know if it's the refrain. I think it's mm-hmm. the kind of music that it is is called a perpetuum mobile. I read about something about I didn't learn as much as you did. OK, because I didn't have a man to explain yeah. it to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's look, they are handy occasionally. Every now and then. Every now and then I'm like, hey, my brain got no more room in it, sir. <laughs> Tell me some of your wisdoms. My little brain's all full up. Oh, can you buy me a diamond? So he said it's called a perpetuum mobile. Mobile as in home? I don't think so, Kelly. I don't I mean, think like, so. But is it mobile as he in moving? He means like moving. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So yes. So yes, like S- mobile home. S- okay. Sorry. I didn't mean to be snappy with you. Quit maligning my people. I'm sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's w- one group of people who are playing their parts of music continuously and that's like the backbone of the piece that never changes, but you're free to change other parts of music that come around. So it's like jazz, but more pretentious. Yes. And he says it's it's all in a major key. And he, he said the thing that you should take away from it is it's still going in. She's still going in the same direction in that she's still enslaved in the society. But things around her are changing and it comes together, even though the backbone is the same. The around music is interesting. Okay. All right. So that's all I wanted to like, say about last episode. Like, it's like kind of interesting, but also still very boring. Okay. Well, just in case somebody liked it. But I don't <laughs> like or care about music. Perfect. Let's move on to episode five, <laughs> which is called Faithful. Can I actually backtrack? Absolutely. Even before the last sure. one? Sure. I just want to say for those of you keeping score at home, I'm about to get my period. <laughs> Actually, if you like, if you like watch me on social media, I'm very confident that you can like tell. Really? Uh-huh. I think you can chart my cycle from how belligerent I am <laughs> on social media. <laughs> can we talk about how cinematic Offred's period is? Uh, yes. She's not getting any of that sort of like, I like to think of it as my vagina sort of wheezing out all yeah. of the, all of the the mm-hmm. uterine lining that it didn't quite squeeze mm-hmm. out the last mm-hmm. time because apparently yeah, it's yeah. just not up to the task of mm-hmm. the one thing it has to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know, so like I'm like currently, it looks like, you know, it's like old, old motor oil. Just, you know, <laughs> go to the bathroom. You're like, is it? Nope. Just this stuff's still okay. Great. Boy, if people thought we were insufferable before, mm-hmm. Look, oh, hang on to your tampons. Okay, what is insufferable about talking frankly and openly about my menstruation? That's true. Redheads, if you want to tweet us 
what your menstrual cycle is doing, please do. I would genuinely love to talk about it. Yeah. We don't get to talk about it. I'm down. I have heard so many jokes about jizz. Ugh. From, no, granted, jizz is hilarious. Mm, I believe that, honestly, menstrual fluid, which is not strictly blood, is also hilarious. Listen, Molly, when I was a young child. (laughs) When she was a young child. Were you trying to sing when I was a young warthog? I was. That I can't believe I picked it up. I can't believe there's somebody that didn't pick that up. That was a pretty <laughs> clear rendition. But go ahead. Talk about your period blood. Listen, pipe down Ernie Sabella. Uh, <laughs> that was a very warthoggy. Are you the Pumbaa and I'm the Timon? Oh, one bazillion percent. <laughs> I'm the Pumbaa. Come on. Yeah, I am like way more. Get your act you. together. You're Timon. My point is when I was a young child girl getting possibly my second period of all time, I bled all the way through. Okay, you didn't go to Catholic school, did you? Mm-mm. So when you go to Catholic school, you wear the skirt, but underneath mm-hmm. the skirt, you wear shorts. Okay. So that you can like romp and play. And then, you know, you have your underwear, right? And I was not super great at tampon insertion. I like completely like underestimated my flow mm-hmm. and I bled all the way through everything wow. onto my seat in math class. And my last oh. name is Anakin. So I was with a very friend of the class and the kid who came in after me like saw it and like the teacher like didn't tell him who it was but like i'm sure it was like pretty obvious like that's hilarious molly that is hilarious why are you so sad it hurts my body yeah (laughs) (laughs) redheads on to be quite honest there is something to be said in erasing the period stigma so if you want to talk to us about what your flow is doing on a daily basis please tweet at either at the fatling or at serious molly with the hashtag shout your period or both of us. You can definitely talk to us both about this. And we are we here just, for you. We want to know. So I broke the episode down into actually there are about four parts in right? this one. We're breaking away from our sort of three thread structure here. Yeah. So the first is the girlfriend experience <laughs> with ye old commander. He is just boyish. He just loving it. He mm-hmm. is just having such a good time. Yeah. The whole Nick and Offred thing, Oof. which I I don't even have anything quippy to say about that. Mm-hmm. Like this is some this is this is sex the way the Russians do it. You know, <laughs> this is like this is like chess sex. What are you talking about? What am I not talking about? Have you had sex? Yes. Have you played chess? <laughs> yes, and I hate chess. You eat. You're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> chess is amazing. Okay. My point is, they're both making moves. They don't know what's up. One of them could die at any minute, but they're like, let's do it anyway. Oh, okay. I see. That's great. That's, that's, my, that's how I prefer to have sex. Then we have Luke and June mm-hmm. and their origin story as a couple. Mm-hmm. So we get to see all of that unfold. And then we see not the ultimate fate of Emily slash now of Steven. I was really hoping for of Kyle. <laughs> off skyler never made an appearance oh but i do have a i do have a shannon joke coming up so oh my god stay tuned i'm excited about shannon <laughs> so oh excited. shannon I've you really one. breathe life into this dusty old podcast oh. so those, those are, are our, the four parts those are our four parts all right well then let's tackle part one which is the girlfriend experience the episode opens up with her going full mr rogers with her shoes off playing scrabble with the commander and, and drinking. drinking yeah she shouldn't be drinking if Mm-mm. she's trying to get prego they say a scotch a day keeps babies out of your uterus 
That doesn't even rhyme. Yeah, it's not a good slogan. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't drink scotch. I would hope if I was in her situation, I'd be like, oh, do you have something that tastes less like awful? Excuse me, do you have a rosé in here? Excuse that would me. be how she was found out. Is he's like, how come the commander keeps ordering rosé? <laughs> Just buy the case. Just so much rosé. I go for gin. I agree. I, think- I go for gin. You think Alfred's a martini person? She might. But I think she's a vodka martini person. Ugh. I don't really like either. I like a dirty martini. Mm, I like it more olive juice than anything else. Yeah. Uh, so did you at any point? Okay, this is a safe space. But at any point during the scene, did you find Joseph finds like a little hot? He was wearing that shirt, right? I like that shirt. He was wearing that shirt. He's that like a very cool, Louis C.K. shirt. I spend no less than 50% of this show with my jaw just dropped in abject <laughs> horror. Okay. And so it's very hard for me to feel aroused or happy or excited. A lot of times I'm yelling <laughs> at the characters. Okay, then me neither. <laughs> There's no need for you to lie. <laughs> Oh, boy. So this scene has a great quote verbatim from the book that is even more haunting when said out loud mm-hmm. in Emos's beautiful bo- voices. You fit into me like a hook in an eye, a fish hook into a naked eye or to an, an open eye. Open eye. But she also, says it's from a poem. Did we look up what poem it is? Let's look at it. Let's you know, okay. what? let's let somebody tell us because. Yeah, but but just I mean, just it's somebody a, tell us what that poem is, please. Even if it's not. Um, uh, Atwood original quote. Uh, it still has her kind of Atwoodian like meaning two things at once. Right? Also, so a hook and an eye is like a button, right? A hook like for a yes. dress class. So that's that. I was like, are you asking me? I'm telling. <laughs> I'm telling you. And then the hook and the eye is like the literal like hurdy. So it's a something that goes together, but also b a hurdy thing it reminded me actually and i wouldn't be surprised if the direction that she was given on that was like go watch lemonade (laughs) and do what beyonce did to make poetry seem not horrible oh and boy did they ever they really did it worked really well it is a margaret atwood poem all right F you guys. That's literally all there is to the poem. And it's a Margaret Atwood poem. And yes, I realize I said F you and literally no one complained about this thing that just happened in real time. But yeah. So it's a, it's a Margaret Atwood, a ridge. So there I you like go. like a ridge. I'm yeah. going to start saying that. So he gives her the magazine here. Oof. And it's called Beautify. Mm-hmm. And I am fascinated about- that they couldn't get a real magazine to partner thing. with them and i don't know if it's because hulu's relatively new to the original programming game mm-hmm. so they just may not have their like biz dev department built out mm-hmm. but then i also wonder is like i mean women's magazines have constructed a gilead of their own sure i think you're supposed to think that they're not really um they're not really looking to get us all liberated no <laughs> and then think that you know right. this is like oh this is the same as that Ooh. yeah <laughs> absolutely so maybe that's it they're like but we like men's oppression <laughs> it makes us feel good Sexy. <laughs> <laughs> 10 tips to make him like you number one oppress you especially at my 
birthday week. <laughs> that was weirdly not the Shannon reference I was going to make, but I know I Look, still like it. I I didn't. I don't even know if I have a Shannon reference. Oh, so one. it's like I uh, my last note for this scene is I wish it was someone's fetish to watch me read because I could do that so well. I want to say a very controversial thing Uh-oh. i must have been attracted actually to the commander because uh-huh. verbatim when i wrote in my notes commander and christian gray equal great bfs hear me out wait a second <laughs> are you proposing what i think you're proposing they're very attentive oh boy they are great communicators some like if a dude asked me to sign a contract i would be like you get me yeah yeah well i will say the only part of christian gray i ever found attractive was that he was constantly like i need you to like finish your dinner and eat this food (laughs) please for the love of god just step off my dick for two seconds and eat this beautiful food i I really liked how he bought her a car I was like, I wish somebody would take my crappy car away and gift me a beautiful Audi. Get you a Christian Grey or a Commander. I am fucking trying, Molly. (laughs) Look, my vaginal sabbatical is over in August. (laughs) And then it is all about a controlling yet gentle man with stunning biceps. You put that out there. That is what the... That's what I wrote. I wrote, damn, Commander has guns. And not just the guns they use to pistol whip women. <laughs> so I don't know why oh, he's so Oh, you know built. he hasn't personally pistol whipped a woman in years. Well, what's interesting about the show is they make what is implicit in the book explicit. So in the show, we know that Commander Waterford is higher ranking and likely has a lot of sway. In the show, sorry, in the book we know that, in the show... They say specifically he knows the minutiae of exactly what happened to Offglen and why. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes him slightly more chilling in the show version versus the book. And, and I think, like I said, what the whole of what the show does is makes explicit what is implicit in the book. What's also strange is that I was really surprised at how homophobic he was. Oh? Which makes no sense. <laughs> it's literally one of the founding principles of gilead like he was never gonna be woke (laughs) he was never gonna be woke but somehow there's something about the way that he you know he's like oh i i appreciate the old ways and here's scrabble and here's a magazine and some scotch that somehow him also being homophobic was just like (laughs) you thought he was gonna be like alfred you ever seen gladiator movies <laughs> they're, gonna, they're gonna have a whole christian and share from yeah, clueless yeah. movie night yeah yeah. because he was exactly. really into tony curtis true that so then we get to the i think iconic and thesis like quote for this whole show which is better never means better for everyone it always means worse for some and you know Ugh. it's the thesis statement because yeah. they put it in all the previews yeah <laughs> It's a good one. I don't blame whichever well, editor if you've never that. if you've never heard of this and that's your first experience, that's not a bad way no. to be like, oh, oh, I certainly have experienced oppression. Yeah. It's very Orwellian too, like the idea of like all animals are equal, but some animals are more equal than mm-hmm. others too. It's just like that very like almost double talk e kind of that simple. Because I am so pro socialism. <laughs> But I also know that human beings are 
hot steaming piles of garbage. Mm. Yes. And <laughs> that you won't, I mean, just whatever it is, that competitive mm-hmm. thing in human beings to seek the thing that's better, whether that is a psychological or a biological imperative mm-hmm. or both. <gasps> <gasps> Turns out it's male. <laughs> you damn dirty handmaids. <laughs> Uh, but you know it's just uh, it's so depressing to me i'm like why can't we all just be fine i know i know i think the next commander scene we see speaking of biological imperative (laughs) is uh the the ceremony and he's got uh if not feelings in the heart feelings in the old bonaroo oh oh, is that a music festival (laughs) bonaroo Bonaroo is the triple x parody of bonaroo (laughs) <laughs> so he also deep throat cella <laughs> pew, pew, pew. sorry guys we're ending the episode right here because there's nothing i can say that will be better than deep throat cella haters get at me you got me i cannot edit around i know the authenticity of my I know. reaction I know. no why are you apologizing for being a beautiful hilarity goddess oh my god yeah. Let's get back to this non-consensual sex. Let's get back to the non-consensual sex. So he he's looking right at her eyes and he's got he's got a look on his face that I like to see in a man that's moaning me. I wrote a poem to Margaret Atwood. What is your poem? He's got a look on his face oh. I'd like to see when a man is boning me. That's very sweet. Oh. No, it's very intense. Like, look, if she was consenting to this, it would yeah. be it was still a little hot. I know. I know. And we're just going to have to take in stride that sometimes problematic things turn on parts of our brain. The difference is, and this is what the commander lacks, mm-hmm. we are self-aware and we take yeah. responsibility. Yes. We say, you know what we're not going to do? We're not going to subjugate another woman somehow and a do and like make, we're not going to make this happen. Yeah, exactly. There's no reason. Yeah. When we can just watch it on TV. And- Anyway, so he is going to town. Like as as lackluster <laughs> as his performance was previously, when Serena Joy was rebuffed mm-hmm. at her attempts at oral satisfaction. I know that still bothers me. He's look. It's, it's problematic. You should like look, men. Let your wife blow you when she offers. Let her blow you. <laughs> <laughs> and he is. Uh, grabbing her inner thigh into that that's really that was the kicker yeah that was the thing where i was like oh my loins well we're so starved for romance or like fun looking or sex the, on this the show appearance of romance yeah something that is not abject horror exactly <laughs> so we're like oh no. nobody's getting like but bloodily hurt but Ooh, i'm a little turned on because she is horrified I while know. he's doing I it know. because he's making direct eye contact normally he's doing the sort of like thinking of england yeah and she also is doing that and Mm -hmm. and talking about blue Mm -hmm. and she's like we get her internal monologue she's like quit looking at me stop it Mm -hmm. she's gonna see this like this is insane and (sighs) uh, you know he uh he he gets it done he spooges right in he does she actually confronts him afterwards she was not invited i like into his study but she shows up and he's like oh action offer he's like oh what a what a pleasant surprise. And I'm like, you are a goober. Like, he really uh, is. Like, let's be clear. I choose Christian Grey in the, uh, in the, like, in the bracket. 
I was hoping in you the were going to skip over <laughs> In the bracket of Christian Grey versus Lovely. the commander, I'd choose Christian Grey. Who? Hard to say, Kelly. Which rapist would I prefer? Um, hmm, boy. Gonna Listen, really have to sit back on that one. I have to meditate on this every morning. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, well, have Kelly. You, have you ever read Andrea Dworkin? All sex is rape. Wow. Ah. Boy, that's another episode. Shout out to Offred's mom. Oh, boy. Does that close the commander chapter of this as far as we're concerned? He does. He gets into the idea, though, of love versus lust, which I would like to talk about. I think this is so boring. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Because it's like to me, this is the only part of the book that it's like, oh, we it's been done. Bad guys don't like love. We get it. Let's move on. But listen, as I'm clearly hurtling toward becoming Cruella DeVille. Ooh. (laughs) This is new. No, just like in terms of being a horrible person. Okay. I'm like, listen to him. I'm like, yeah, man, love is a marketing campaign. Granted, just got divorced. Oh. I am not an unbiased audience. However, there is a lot to romantic relationships. I think we can all agree that has been commodified. And I guess in the same way... We're not so different, the commander and I. Well, no, because his his thing that he has sold himself in the same way that I'm like, oh, no, like, it doesn't have to be Animal Farm. We could all be fine. Right. But he's like, he's like, remember before, you know, when women, they couldn't find a man. Right. And what if you were ugly? We fixed everything. Uh, that's his that's his Animal Farm. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I think in the same way that it's a small understanding of a nuanced and big problem yeah yeah which men is is men's favorite brand of understanding to be honest (laughs) they're like listen i don't like to think i think human history bears that out (laughs) come on (laughs) when have men ever thought about the consequences of their actions Mm, i'm gonna take never for 500 kelly I would be a worthy successor to Alex Trebek, incidentally. Do it. Put it out there. All right. I I just did. Great. This is my podcast come vision board. Wow. I also want to ask a question and then we can move on from the commander because when Offred goes into his study, it is so dark and I am like, where are the lights in this house? Like Mm. lights are the clitoris of the house. You didn't have a question. You just wanted to say lights are the clitoris of the house. I did want to just say <laughs> lights are the clitoris of the house, but also why is it so dark in their house? Well, especially because isn't he reading when she comes in? So he's going to hurt his little ojos. <laughs> yeah. uh, I hate when he looks like a, like he's got like that hangdog look on his because it's like kind of attractive. <laughs> and then I just want to slap I him. I told you. I I think I've been sitting here expressing that I'm very attracted to problematic people. We, we were going to get there eventually, Molly. Oh, boy. It yeah, was um, going to happen. Three lights in the house. Well, I don't know. I think um, it makes it easier to, like, scuttle around places. <laughs> and you know he's got an itty-bitty book light. Like, he doesn't need... <laughs> I just imagine that's that's one of the technologies that made it through is Itty Bitty Book Maybe we should see if Itty Bitty Book Light wants to sponsor our podcast. <laughs> podcast now brought to you by Itty Bitty Book Light. I will say, Book okay. Light for when you only need a little bit of light. <laughs> see, it's great ad. Don't hide your Itty Bitty Book Light under a bushel. Okay, see? 
<laughs> I will say, what is hack in his whole love versus lust thing? Uh-huh. Every love story is a tragedy if you wait long enough. Like, of course, everything's a tragedy if you wait long enough. You know, we're all gonna die, you dipshit. <laughs> you know that was someone's like MySpace away message. Right? <laughs> then after it, it was like it means love and dinosaur. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Should we talk about Luke and June before we talk about Nick and Offred? Because I feel yeah, like I think that's Luke a good order and June of operations. has so many implications for what Go goes on with Nick and Offred. Start so us off, friend. We see June and Moira <laughs> hanging out by a food truck. To me, this was a scene that they're like, get it, guys. It's happening in modern times. Get it? Because there's Tinder and food trucks. Get it? Get it? Get it? This is why with almost anything that I write, mm-hmm. I try to avoid any references to yeah. brands or products mm-hmm. or things because I think in some erotica that I wrote I made a reference to a Buffalo Wild Wings but that oh. is neither here nor there very erotic uh, I would prefer Wingstop though for my erotica I mean I grew up in a different part of the country than fair you. enough speak freely <laughs> about uh, so they're waiting at the food truck and Moira's criticizing Offred's Tinder situation right and she keeps getting a lot of fedoras hey fedoras guys everyone hates fedoras hey we have a millennial on staff <laughs> is what fedoras this- are the worst though and I hope they fedoras stay the worst. are the worst unless it's on a baby baby fedoras I will take all day and twice on Sundays also I also give babies a pass on Crocs <laughs> <laughs> Babies and Mario Batali are the only two people who I'm you like, are, wear Crocs, you're adorable. You heard it here first, babies. You are allowed <laughs> to wear fedoras and Crocs. Yep. So yeah. So, so Moira, Moira snatches Alfred's phone and goes up to this guy and he's Oof. like, you look heterosexual. I, and he is blisteringly heterosexual. Oof. Like, and I was attracted to Luke before. But like, you mean book Luke or show Luke? Show fuck book Luke. I don't yeah. like book Luke at all. <laughs> he seems very much like he has thin lips, and like that hair that's like cut in a way, but it's very straight hair and okay. it's too long. Anyway, <laughs> book Luke, boo. Original OT, boo in a different way. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like going through her photos to see which one she should make as her profile picture on Tinder. Would you be mad if a friend did this to you? No, dude, I love attention. Me too. Go ahead. <laughs> if you wanted to do this to me, like I don't have Tinder I and I have no will. intention of being on Tinder, but I'll put earbuds in his ears and be like, "Does it sound shrill to you?" Because <laughs> I think it sounds super intelligent and buxom. What do you think? Kelly's here. I wasn't shrill. I was resonant. A courtier knows the difference. <gasps> Well, I very much doubt your style of resonance would be appreciated at the court. Danielle. <laughs> Girl, if an episode goes by without an ever after riff. Oof. What are we even doing? All right. Catch our ever after podcast. <laughs> Not. Maybe. Build, build you wings. Yes. Something. Yep. Uh, we're still working this out. All right. So. Uh, Wave at the gate. Yeah, of course it's called Wave it's called- at the Gate. All right, bye, guys. We're done with this podcast again. <laughs> and we're doing our only ever after podcast. Bye. So anyway, there's there's a little Ye- bit of a, ooh, with Luke, but they very prominently show his wedding band. Oh, I didn't notice because I wasn't girl, looking for it. As problematic as my ish with uh, the commander and Christian Grey are. Yes. <sighs> Ain't no sex like extramarital sex, girl. Because oh extramarital sex got a whole nother level going on. Wow. Oh, it is such a good time. 
Wow. Such a good, stressful time. Wow. And well, I, better never means better for anybody, Kelly. No, it's true. And I don't really feel that bad about the trail of broken hearts behind me. Oh, boy. Uh, can I tell you what I... I'm, I'm not going to do well in Gilead. They'll be like, we don't even know what to do with you. <laughs> this one's mouthy. <laughs> can we cut a mouth off? No? All right. Just check her to the colonies. I don't know what to do. My one note for that scene... Because uh, most of it was just nonverbal, like, <laughs> like in a positive way. But my one note for the scene, which I'm not going to explain the context of it because it's a book spoiler, but I wrote, oh, no, she has two cats in all caps. And that's all <laughs> oh, we're no. going to say. I didn't even think about that, Molly. <laughs> that's all we're going to say about And they're named that. Lucy and Ethel. And that's how you know that June is cool, even though her name is incredibly stupid. Agreed. Uh, they play Kylie Minogue in this scene. Mm-hmm. That's how you can tell it's fun and pre-Gilead. True. Because only before Gilead could it be like, la, 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 It's like, oh my God, they were so carefree. Get it? Yeah. You could be gay. You could have an affair. <laughs> like anything was possible. Anything goes. Tinder still existed. <laughs> you know the commanders all still have Tinder. Ew. Like their own Tinder that they control where they pick out their new handmaids when they fail to impregnate one. That's nasty. I hope that doesn't exist. I bet it does. It's Uh, on their smartphones that we never see. Oh, jeez. Where are the smartphones? What's in the boxes? Where is that face butter, though? (laughs) Come on, guys. Come on. I can't regulate my voice when I'm talking about stuff like that. Uh, so he says he picks oh this is where my loins just went a thumping when mine did more of a high pitched keening (laughs) 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 they were like vaginal sabbatical vaginal sabbatical I don't know why my vagina just turned into Lambert the sheepish lion Lambert the sheepish lion oh man I love that poor Lambert um uh he says you look invincible oh my god that's a good ass compliment and june's standing there like see i told you tinder was a fool's errand moira yeah it's pretty great but technically she if if she was being cute she'd be like we met on tinder when moira handed him my tinder like that's very have you ever met anybody dating online well i mean similar to this i uh met mitch on a tinder date I was on with another man, so <laughs> that's fantastic. They, they do work in that sense. I generally meet most of my favorite mistakes in person. <laughs> okay, I don't know. I just I like organic bad decision making. So this dating <laughs> sequence where they're at like the museum cafe or whatever and talking got me real wet. <laughs> it got me wet, but I also my my mike mulligan sense started to tingle and i was like when did they see each other again to get numbers Mm -hmm. and i mean do they just always hang out at this food truck or yeah she came back like i like to think she wrote her number in mustard on his hot dog that is so while you were sleeping i love it yeah yeah absolutely i love their flirtation something interesting in this in the way that all of the best scenes in the show are framed we have something going on in foreground and something eerie going on in the background in the background we have like a little flurry of girls in red dresses with no blue satin sashes just running around in the background and they look like tiny handmaids they do and i also noticed a woman goes by in her wheelchair yes which i love oh to me that was like that's in part like a you know 
they're doing, you know, they're making an effort to be inclusive. Oh. Well, because then Janine has a disability as well, which they moved up. She doesn't have an eye. Oh, well, yeah, but she didn't. That's not a pre-existing condition. But it is. Had. But it is a disability and it's a disability that people live with. Right. So I'm just saying like they have, you know, they're showing people in the show and uh, the woman in the wheelchair probably didn't make it. Yeah, I think that's what you're supposed to get from that as well. And I'm reading in the Garden of Beasts, which is about the rise of Hitler's government in uh, Nazi Germany. Although, oh, where else? <laughs> where else would it be? But it's really um, been interesting to read it against the backdrop of this show and see how similar Gilead and Nazi Germany are. Mm-hmm. So the next scene of them, it, oh God, just they're flirting at the cafe is very sexy. And when they're, because like they're so close to holding each other's hand, like they plan Ooh. out, they do this whole thing where he's like, well, how would we even have sex because she says she doesn't tell moira that she sees him and he doesn't tell annie his wife that she sees whose name we don't get in the no book and i'm like should have changed your name tomorrow ass bitch (laughs) 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 oh boy tomorrow tomorrow Tomorrow. <laughs> unless you're with offered then i guess i'll just be sad and so but like whatever. their hands get they don't quite mm. hold hands but it's just like they're so close and they're Ugh. aching and i want to be like just do it everything's gonna be hot garbage like real and, soon and they listen to you they do and and we get a bunch of like almost kissing and then going for it we talked about that we text we had to text a lot about this episode <laughs> But it was like that moment, like right before you mm-hmm. have sex, like you know you're going to have sex for the first time and the excitement mm-hmm. and the anticipation. Oh my Lord. And it is so, and it made me, but this, I cried so much Aww. in this episode. I don't know if you've heard, but I'm going through a divorce. Uh, but it's just like, but it's that and like, you know, I'm going through a whole mm-hmm. period of renewal. It hit you differently. It hit me differently. And it was, it was so much of even the, the happy consensual sex in this mm-hmm. made me so sad Aww. because I don't know if you've heard Molly, every love story is a tragedy. Oh my wait God. <laughs> that one snuck up on me. I got you. I got you. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry that makes you sad, but I think that's a, a sign of good directing oh, and absolutely. good writing. It's great stuff. It's, it's not, it's making me sad because I have what's going on with me, mm-hmm. but also where it fits into the context of the story is so sad. Yeah. Because absolutely. Remember when I said, what if you got raped twice uh, in one day? I kept thinking that this whole episode actually, uh, cause that's basically what happens. And I guess, I mean, well to finish up what happens with her and Luke. So like they keep insisting that they're only going to do it one time. And she's like, well, since we're only going to do this one time, I like to be on top. And he like puts her on top. Like, it's like, it's very cute. And then after they're done and we see that he's taken his wedding ring off and put it on the table and she just like point blank looks at him and goes, I want you to leave your wife. And he says, okay. (laughs) And she's like, you know, she's clearly expecting more pushback, pushback. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, I'm in love with you. And then she's like, I'm in love with you too. And I wish so many things in my life had been different. I know. It made me swoon. <laughs> it was so great. Well, just the fact that she prefers to be on top, I mean, makes this subjugation so much worse because 
it's her so out of control she can't do the one sexual position she likes i didn't even think about that because mostly all i kept thinking was like who even wants to be on top i'm so (laughs) lazy i thought the same thing i'm like I'm like, listen, I like to be bent over to thing. <laughs> Me too. Supporting myself yeah. with my, my arms. Yeah, and that's you, fine. you do it and I don't have to do, I don't like to do manual labor. This made me kind of want to be on top. And then my man keeper said his tummy hurts. So <laughs> we had to hold off for a day. But uh-uh. uh, it's, my tummy hurts sometimes too. I get it. No, no, no. I, I completely- <laughs> We're not in Gilead. He doesn't have to fuck me when his tummy hurts. <laughs> Like, that's the best part. <laughs> um, anyway, so that's closing on the Luke chapter, which is very lovely. OT is gorgeous. Uh, America is falling for Luke. Like, after this episode, yeah. there won't be a dry seat in a house <laughs> that has watched this show. Like, men of America, you're going to get fucked so good oh, this man. week. And everyone's going to be thinking about OT. Yeah. They are not yeah. thinking about you, Just but that's okay. Happen. But that's okay. And hey, men, you get a treat here too. In this next segment that we're going to talk about, you get to see Emos's bosoms, which are a little bit lovely. A little bit. Eh, it's enough for me. I was watching it during the day, so I feel like the contrast. Oh, I see. Well, I didn't get a good. I didn't get good titty. That's fine. How lovely were? I, I can go back and watch, but like. They were just nice. They were like nice, like simple, real lady titties. I love to see simple, real lady titties. Like me too. And it don't get so me wrong. comforting to me. I love to see a giant knocker every I now see, and then. I see them every day, so yeah. I don't need to see other people's. I'm, at all. I'm into that a little bit. But she had great TV breasts. Well great done. TV breasts. I don't think I've ever seen her breast before has she shown a breast on top of the lake or no she always has that cool like gray bra on oh god she's on top so of the cool lake on top of the lake yeah i think she has like a sports bra on constantly so we don't get to see any emos. i don't know i can't i can't do a kiwi accent to save my life Tui. <laughs> that's the only part i can do hi um, tui tui <laughs> tui oh, why are you saying it like the dad because that's his as he's the only voice i can do um, he's scottish well that's how he talks <laughs> We can't keep tangenting. They're going to hate us. I know. They're not going to hate us that much, though, Molly. Most everybody loves us. Yeah. This is why you shouldn't read the reviews, but like you I also kind of have to. I know. Hey, by the way, rate and review us with five stars because we'd love to be on that new and, and noteworthy subscribe. section. subscribe. Yeah, by the way, we were number seven. High five. Oof, good in podcast. In the five. iTunes store. At like, press time? No, not at press time. This oh. is last week. We drop a little on the weekends because mm-hmm. obviously like, everybody's like caught up. Just been banana. Like this is all organic. Like we've barely yeah. done anything. So thank so you. So thank you all so much for listening, for subscribing and rating and reviewing. Please keep doing that. Thank you. That would be great. And hey, while we're at it, uh, why don't you follow us on Twitter? I'm <laughs> at the Fatling. I'm at Serious Molly, and I'd love to get a thousand subscribers this week. And I would love to get five thousand by the end of the year. All right, intention set. Intention set. Let's on this podcast come vision board. Let's talk about. Speaking of come vision boards, let's <gasps> talk about Nick. Great oh! transition. Great transition. Oh yes, I know we're oh, loud, yes. but great transition. Look, I'm sorry if we blew out the game there, people. But come on, Max Mangella. Can we talk about the oh. foley work on his belt? Oh my God! Can we talk yes. about the Foley work on his Speak belt. Your truth, sister. Let's go. Okay, the first time it sounded like knives sharpening, right? Because it was terrible. It was a bad scene. Like yes. she want, you know, she wanted to beat, but like Serena Joy's there. You know, yeah. you don't want your mom. Yeah, uh, chaperoning. Like every, every sexual encounter Alfred has had, Serena Joy is there. Yeah. That is so unpleasant. Also, Serena Joy, bring a book, like. <laughs> 
or just stand outside. Yeah. Like, what do you think is going to happen? Well, I think she wants like an alibi. Like if somebody's like, yo, how come you're outside and offered a knicker in there? She can't be like, oh, they're looking for something. Whereas if she's in there too, she's like, no, all three of us were writing a birthday card to the commander and we all wanted to sign it together for like four and a half minutes with grunting. Like it's not a big deal. I would be such a good wife liar. And then Shannon shows up. Hey, guys, I don't know if you also signed me a birthday card, but it was my birthday this whole week. So (laughs) oddly enough, not my Shannon joke. (laughs) It's still to come, friend, if we can get there. I am so excited for your Shannon joke. It's too much hype. I can already feel it. All right. Look, it may be too much hype, but that, you know, what has not been too much hype. The will they won't they tension between Alfred and Nick. And they do such a good job here because Mm -hmm. their relationship has been weirder than it is in the book. Very weird. It's been very weird. Very uh, vocal. So Nick, uh, because, you know, she's been reading this ladies magazine and it's like, ooh, Mm -hmm. yeah, uh, he might be into you if. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I love this line, too, because she's like, uh, he keeps finding ways to run into you. (laughs) Number three. Fuck. What's number three? (laughs) (laughs) It's a, uh, he drives the car that oppresses you. <laughs> That's number three. So, uh, and like, and I love like Nick talking to Rita. Rita's like, what the fuck are you doing here? I mean, not in so many words. Rita seems like the type of woman who never swore before and she's not about to start now. Sure. But uh, Nick's just like always around. And then mm-hmm. Mrs. Waterford comes in and she's like, hey, Alfred, I need you. And so she goes out into the garden and Alfred's like going through like, oh God, she found out about Scrabble. Yeah. She found out about the magazine. She realized he was looking at me. Oh, wait, they haven't done the ceremony yet. But she's just like, hey, um, what if you boned Nick to yeah. get pregnant? Yep. And it carries so much more weight here because she says about the commander, maybe he can't. But that happens in the book as well. It does. But I thought that it hits a lot harder here because she doesn't read as cynical to me ah, as the Serena I Joy right. in the book. I think so that's I did really I did really think that the aging down pays off here because mm-hmm. she is so like she's so much more emotionally invested in this. Whereas in the book I feel like Serena Joy has already like checked out of her relationship with her husband mm-hmm. to a degree that we uh, don't see yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Like book Serena Joy not given blowies. I agree. <laughs> Nary a penis has passed book Serena Joy's lips ever. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And so while this is going on, Alfred is, Alfred is fantasizing about killing Serena Joy with Ooh. her garden shears. That pays off later. It really does. In a really dope way. I like it. So Serena Joy's like, why don't you fuck Nick? I already asked Nick. Nick was like, fine. And Alfred was like, uh, okay, yeah. Like, literally, what else am I going to say? I have nothing to do. Might as well. Yeah. I was a little surprised they did it during the daytime because in the night, she was always secreted. Uh, pardon me. In the book, she was secreted during the night. But they just do it at, like, 2.30. <laughs> <laughs> like, right after lunch, she goes right I mean, up in presumably there. the commander is at the office. I you guess know? so. And I love... I lo- so they go in and Alfred goes and lies on the bed very ceremony-esque. And he, very ceremony-esque, uh, while under the watchful eye of Serena Joy, uh-huh. uh, drops trow and right. bones down. And I guess he comes. He does. And it, I, didn't, it didn't seem like a particularly good one. Yeah. I think we're meant to see this as a direct mirror to the ceremony scene when the commander touches her. And she, she touches she him. She touches uh, Max Crooked elbow. That's a great place to be touched. Oof. 
And I love that when 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 he's fucking her, she's looking and she sees his record player and his gun, and I'm like, <laughs> every hipster has a oh my record gosh. player and a gun. Did you also see his Bukowski books? Are you? No, I'm fucking with you again. <laughs> Quit fucking with me. But he's so he's so wood. He's so he's wood. so wood. Oh, gross. That kills Men my boner, have, and I'm so horny. Have better taste in books, please. There are so many good books out there, please. Like Babysitters Club does Marianne like Logan. Mm-hmm. Ooh, or any of the super specials. Mm. The super special. Oh my god, where they go across the USA is one of the best super specials I ever. I think that was after my time because my favorite one was the one where Claudia and Don had the boat race <gasps> and they got stranded on the island. I've read that one with too. the kids and yes. like was, who was sick? Was it Jeff? Was sick? Don's one brother? Of, yeah, I and, knew. And Don got super incompetent. Don is terrible in a crisis. Don should not be a babysitter. Don should not be allowed to leave the house because remember when she went to New York and yes. she couldn't leave and she just hung out with that broken legged yes. kid on the fire escape the whole time. Yeah. Anyway, even Marianne was fine. You're such a Christy. I hate that I'm such a Christy. <laughs> Christy's so annoying, and her boyfriend is named Bart. Ugh. Her beard is named Bart. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> why do you think I dislike being a Christy? Not that there's anything wrong with lesbianism. It is simply not my path. Exactly. Uh, so then, oh, and the, the thing that's, uh, we, I think we maybe are missing the forest for the boning, but, um, <laughs> we find explicitly that, uh, Nick is an eye. Is this after they fucked? Before. This is pre-fucking. Okay. So pre-fucking. PF. And then what's kind of interesting is. <gasps> this is after, this is after the commander tells Offred about Offland, mm-hmm. right? Yes. She's leaving that interaction. And she throws up. Yeah. She pukes in the sink. Jeez. But what I find beautiful about this scene, she keeps saying, you, an I, you, an I. And to me, that has that at Woody in like you and I, mm-hmm. you and I. Mm-hmm. I found that interesting. What else is there to say about Nick other than his booty is so cutie? <laughs> I love a man butt. And Max McGilla is serving up some man butt. More like man butter. But uh, I want to slice up his butt and smear it on my face, like, covertly. That is so... That's creepier than anything I've said. <laughs> okay. And I've said on. some creepy, creepy stuff come on. today. Jeez Louise. But she goes back. She goes back to fuck him. Mm-hmm. And... Of her own volition this time. She takes off her bonnet. Yes. She pulls her hair down. Yes. And, like, long hair on Elizabeth oh. Moss not a cute look oh i like it i don't okay like it. but anyway they like take their clothes off mm. and again i'm like vaginal sabbatical oh my vaginal god sabbatical. oh my god and they just go to town now my one criticism of this scene mm-hmm. girlfriend has not had her puss eaten <laughs> yes thank you in such a long time come on if the point is <laughs> that she is having pleasurable sex for the first time there's there's Let's not even any scene. there's not even any hand business. Let's get some foreplay. I just and it's like women were involved in making this. Yeah. Like get his face. You, we'll see. You it. know I want to see Max Mangella's face all shiny. Ew, I hate that in movie. I get that that's commitment to realism and I appreciate any form of vaginite vag- <laughs> Is vaginite like a, a precious stone? <laughs> I think it's a preserve that Australian people put ew, on stuff. Ew, uh, ew, ew, I ew. Appreci- I am more grossed up by Vegemite than I am by <laughs> anything that's happened. I would like, please, Hulu, if you're listening, I would like some pussy eating. 
in this show. Thank yeah, you. We demand I would, uh, pussy eating. We didn't see it with Luke. We didn't nope. see it with Nick. More pussy eating. We would like consensual, happy, yes. loving pussy eating. And to be honest, that's a note for all TV shows mm-hmm. ever. Give mm-hmm. me some more pussy eating. That is actually, and I don't really, I didn't keep up with Outlander on yeah. Stars. I the books I have a very fraught relationship with. Like okay. I called them the nipple rape books oh, dear. because the only things that I really remembered was that there was like a lot Outlander of, spoiler. There was a lot of nipple talk, and I just felt like somebody was about to get raped like every ten pages. Ooh, okay, but in the like the first ten minutes, the lead Claire makes Tobias Menzies go down on her in like yeah, the basement girl. of this ruin, yes. and I love Tobias Menzies. Yes. <gasps> oh my god, it's almost summer, which means I can bring back my ta- my hashtag Summer of Menzies. <laughs> So we can we close the the door on this Nick story? Apart line? from the fact that I just wrote Nick is such a goober. Nick is a goober too. He is such a goober. Really? Nick is a goob. Why do you say He's that? He's just a dork. He walks around all the time with his <laughs> goober face saying goober things but also being inexplicably hot. He's very attractive. He's very attractive. I'm into it. Uh, part three, we see a lot of Emily slash off Glenn slash off Steven being very sad. Yeah. We see her back at, they don't talk about it being all flesh, do they? They never do. They never, they never analog the show analog, but they get produce there as well. Uh, well, anyway, just dispensing they're, at, with it. they're at the grocery store and, um, is it Alma? I can't remember, but she's somebody that Alfred knew at the yeah, Red Center is I like, did Alma. you see she's back? I think it's Alma. So she goes over and says, hey, to off Glenn. And, you know, she's just like, I'm very sad. She's like, I can't be part of Mayday anymore. Which is messed up that their Mayday just drops her. Yeah. But I guess you have to. And she's like, I'm too dangerous. I can't be part of anything. And then new off Glenn is like, get the F away from her. And then I was literally writing the note. New Offlin seems so treacherous to me. Like she seems as treacherous oh. as Offlin in like original Offlin in the book seemed. And then she drops this dope monologue, which is like, listen up. Yes. What did you have like a Nordstrom card? You oh. had this like great apartment and a guy to pay for it all. I oh. used to get fucked behind a dumpster for a oh. six pack of Oxy and a happy meal. Oh. I have a place to live. I'm clean. I have people that are nice to me now. Don't you fuck this up for me. And it just blew my mind. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. Did you um, did you hear the part? It's actually it's kind of hard to hear. But and she goes like under her breath afterwards. She goes, also, it is my birthday week. (laughs) That's it. That was it. You guys. That was the one I've been waiting for. (laughs) Then she should get a special happy meal. Yeah. Um, So but I think this is finally the answer to the question that's been plaguing us since the beginning is who is this good for? Who's having a good time? And it's, off Glenn it's new is, off Glenn. New she's, off Glenn. She's not necessarily been having a good time, but she's having a better time. Yeah. So here's somebody who it's better for. Yeah. And it's interesting. I mean, and it, she's enjoying the benefits precisely mm-hmm. as the framers of Gilead intended. One billion percent. And it's, it's like people who have like methed out teeth and get new teeth in prison. Yeah. Better teeth than they would have ever been able to afford and better birth control and better everything. I guess the corollary here is worse never means worse for everyone That's either. True. You're right. That's what's not being said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think that was excellent calling uh, offered on her privilege and showing a perspective that the books doesn't explore the books don't. at all. And, and this is gorgeous. It's a woman of color saying yep. it. Like I Which think they didn't exist in the book. <laughs> they certainly did. I think it's such a better show. Agreed with it. Like again, as we said, we've had enough genocide. Yeah, in popular culture, absolutely. So uh, we get a we get a scene of 
Oh, man. Of what I can only call sad Rory. She's playing catch with a dog, and she has a super nice wife. What do you make of this? I don't know what to think about it, because the wife comes out and says, hey, I'm not feeling so well. Why don't we not do the ceremony? Mm -hmm. Emily's like, you can't be sick every month. How'd you read this? I read this as, this woman, this woman to me is potentially somehow connected she may be connected to mayday she may not but she knows that her clitoris was removed mm-hmm. and is like we don't have to do this because it's going to cause you tremendous yeah. amount of pain i agree i mean in my like horrible imagining i think they tried one time and it didn't work and uh <gasps> that's so much, i know i'm sorry so i didn't mean worse. i didn't mean to put that no in there, it's okay but it's okay look I, this is my punishment for being attracted to christian gray at all <laughs> but i do think you're right that what we're supposed to get about this is the wife is trying to be compassionate mm-hmm. for whatever reason i guess she's one of the good ones i guess um <laughs> trying to be compassionate with her and off then going like no it's gonna suck either way might as well just do it i was simultaneously scared of slash excited that the dog was in the scene that's all i'll say i was as well i'm always yeah i don't trust dogs quite you never know what's gonna happen so then the next scene that we get is at i guess they still have farmer's markets i thought that was hilarious i was like of course they still have farmers cracking up so they're all at the farmer's market Mm -hmm. and new off glenn was like hey Offred, don't you go talking to her again right. because she is dangerous. And so then Offred tells somebody, I think my companion might like to look at these lilies. And then she books it over to Emily and she's like, Hey, I know what they did to you. Yeah. And you know, there's nothing to be done yeah. particularly. And she's kind of like trying to find out like, how can I get involved with yeah. them? And, but unfortunately new off Glenn is like, I want you to look at the lilies. Ugh. Get over here. And you know, you can't blame her. Yeah. A, a car stops and lets a wife out. And then all of a sudden, Emily books it to the car, oh. gets into the driver's seat, oh. locks the car. Nobody can get in. The no. keys are still in it. Oh. And she just sits there for a minute. And like, everybody is like, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? <laughs> who is this kid? What's she going to do? And she is not throwing away her shot. No. She drive she just like drives around she just drives around all of the handmaids are delighted i love it it is so wonderful and then she like comes back around and stops like she doesn't know what to do these guys are like running around trying to stop her she runs she hits one of them with the car she murders one of them no no no, but she stops she stops she hit him and then she like backed up and then she obliterated him and then they break the window and they cart her away to do whatever they're gonna do like what else can they do it was like the part in uh hunchback of notre dame where she's like i'm free i'm free dang it yeah like that kept happening to her um i thought she was gonna just keep driving and honestly if she has as much of a death wish as killing a guard Mm mm-hmm she should have just kept driving. She should have. She but should I have think, driven into a fucking wall. But I think honestly. she also wasn't totally aware of like where she was and what she was doing. That's true. Not that she was like compromised, but it's just like, can you imagine how jarring it would be to yeah. to jog that muscle memory of driving yeah. a car oh after gosh, so many yeah. years of not driving a car? Absolutely. Yeah, but I. It was such a thrilling moment, and like all moments of victory in this show, it's couched with horrible implied or explicit violence mm-hmm. but gosh it felt good to be flying high with her for it those felt few really minutes. good and you get this great sort of perspective from offer that like there was this part of her they couldn't cut out oh, I love 
there was this part of her that was it. still I her. Love it. I love it. She's. I, do you think we're going to see her again? I think we are. Jesus. She's why just like. You, why would you waste Alexis Bledel when she's doing so well? I know. But I read I, another poem. <laughs> Suck it, Atwood. Wow. <laughs> but at that point, I think like bringing her back is just like a cat playing with its mouse before it eats it. Like I don't want her storyline to become just torture porn. I understand. But I think I, I trust the show. Okay. I think they do a good job with the violence that they employ. And I trust them. I want to. There's just a couple more things. And then we should really wrap this up. Yeah, I know. But um, sorry for going long, guys. Yeah. I, I, you know, we had a lot to say. A lot happened in this episode. It was yeah. way more eventful than I'm not I think. Sorry. I'm not sorry. The the scene that she that offered has with Nick where she's like, please don't tell me what to do. Ooh, that one cut me. Ooh. Cause I super like I had a partner like you know how you have to pee after you have sex so you don't get a UTI <laughs> like yes. we'd have sex and then he'd be like go pee and I was like I know like it's my urinary tract <laughs> I know I'm the one that's gonna have to chug cranberry and take antibiotics you dipshit yeah you dipshit so I appreciated her just yeah. like and then you know obviously she's got a much more terrible situation than me but it's just like men think we can't do stuff when we do more stuff than they do all the time and also they don't understand the hurt i mean especially in this society where well, think about how how angry do men get when you try to tell them anything absolutely no one no one likes being told what to it's do it's not a gender specific irritation but it just it adds insult to injury when he tells her to do stuff after a day of in this world where it happens Mm -hmm. i would ask everybody to consider an interesting uh accompaniment to this book ella enchanted very good feminist young adult book that deals with obedience and how gender affects that anyway i did not know that i will check it out oh god that's like one of my favorite books i'll check it out i'll add to the book club so serena joy uh after nick fucks offered the first serena joy approved time the bad she's like do you feel any different? Oh. And Alfred literally turns around and snaps. You don't just feel pregnant because a man comes in you. Ooh, girl. Mm-hmm. And then were you worried she was going to hurt her? I was, but then she just told her to lie down. I was like, Shh, okay. No, she puts her hands on her belly and she says that Bible verse. Ew, gross. Yeah, but then she tells her to lie down. But when she came at her, she came at her kind of faster yeah. than I wanted her to. And she put her hand on a very vulnerable spot. But and she then used a dope at line. the end of the episode, I need to look up the significance of lilies and come back oh, with that next week. What is it? Well, lilies are a very like wide open flower that symbols fertility and rebirth, which is why we have them at Easter. Oh, dude. Uh-huh. Then as much as the book trades in flower symbolism, I think that's what you're meant to get with lilies. And so we see in the last scene, like Alfred has this like super creepy like look on her face because like Serena Joy is like blabbing at her <laughs> and she sees her flower cutting shears are just like lying there. Like, is Offred going to go at her at some point? I hope not. I hope not, too. But it's nice. I like that she has a fantasy. Me, too. I like that she has a dream. I like a little bloodlust in my ladies. Yeah. It's just me. I'm an old-fashioned gal. All right. So we got to wrap this up. Yep. This has been great. This was really fun. I had a good time. I hope everybody has enjoyed this and will give us positive iTunes reviews. Please do. If you don't want to give us a positive iTunes iTunes review, like, go do something else. Like, don't complain about us on the internet. Uh, we're going to have, either before or after this, a spoilerific episode where we talk about um, how we think the second season is going to go. And that'll be for only people who have read the book and for those of you who don't mind the book being spoiled. 
So, so check that out. It'll be yeah. a good time. Or don't. Take care of women. Take care of each other. Live your life. Nolite te bastardes carburandorum. You're a bum, Alfred. A bum. Adrian!